Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, the team informs GM Mike Mayock he is officially out. They start putting in requests for the next guy. We'll talk about some of the options that the Raiders have moving forward. Plus, what is the latest with interim head coach Rich Basaccia? He met with the media on Monday. You'll hear some sound bites from him. Plus, we'll close out the show with your calls and texts. It's all coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast for Tuesday, January 18th, 2022. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. And won. And welcome into another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the show Locked On Raiders podcast free and available on all platforms. The Raider Nation, I mentioned on Monday that the offseason is going to be fast and furious. Expect a lot of motion. A lot of things happen quick, fast, and in a hurry. And it will not be boring. There's going to be a lot of fireworks going on throughout the course of the Raiders offseason. And it already has started on Monday. The Raiders relieved GM Mike Mayock of his duties. They put out a statement saying, we've relieved Mike Mayock of his duties as general manager of the Raiders. We thank Mike for his contributions over the last three years in helping to form the foundation for the franchise to build upon in its future. Uh, Also on Monday, the Raiders put in a request to interview Patriots defensive assistant Gerard Mayo. He's the inside linebacker coach for the Patriots for their head coaching job. And then they also put in a request for the de facto GM of the Patriots, Dave Ziegler. And also Ian Rappaport from NFL Network said expect the Raiders to put in a request for Colts executive Ed Dodds as well. So uh, GM Mike Mayock, he is officially out. That was one of the questions. I thought that maybe the Raiders were going to give him another shot, one more year to see what he can do without John Gruden. But instead, they decided to go in another direction. And ultimately, the draft picks, the failed draft picks, the failed free agents, uh, a lot of the roster building that did not go correct for the silver and black uh, fell on Mike Mayock's head as well. And I've been very adamant about this, that any credit or criticism that you give head coach John Gruden, you've got to give that credit and criticism to GM Mike Mayock as well. There were some things I thought that he did that was really good, and there were some things that I thought that wasn't very good. And there were some things that John Gruden did that I thought were great, and some things that I thought that he did that weren't so great. So ultimately, they're a package deal, and Mike Mayock is out, and so now the Raiders start to look for their next GM. Of course, we'll talk about that a lot more coming up in segment number two. even give you a few options, throw a couple names out there that have been talked about but uh, just official like a referee's whistle and you're going to start to see things moving quick fast in a hurry GM Mike Mayock is out so what does that mean for head coach Rich Basaccia well again that's something that we're going to have to wait and see that's going to be a process that we'll have to wait and see we got a chance to talk to him on Monday and he actually said that all the coaches are going to be coaching all the way through Thursday and then they're going to take two weeks off and by that time I'm sure all the coaching staff is going to know exactly what's going on who's going to be there who's not going to be there but just remember that Mike Mayock who is no longer there was one of the guys that was pounding the table for Rich Basaccia to be the head coach one of the guys that uh, he had recommended even before he became the GM of the Raiders. So basically, his biggest supporter is no longer in the building. Again, that does not mean he's not going to get the job. I'm just saying that that's one of his biggest supporters is no longer in the building. Now, as I mentioned, he did meet with the media on Monday, and there was a lot of us on the call. It was a Zoom call. It's probably about 24 or 25 guys on there, so you could tell that it was that end-of-the-season wrap-up because everyone wanted to make sure that they actually had to hear what Rich Basaccia had to say, and uh, I thought he did a really good job. You know, I thought he sounded very positive. Uh, he didn't lean too much one way or the other and let you know what was going to happen, but he gave you some very direct answers, and that's just what Rich Basaccia has done all season long. So here is Rich Basaccia 
Adachia's opening statement on Monday. Uh, afternoon, everybody. Um, start out with a few words here, and then we'll, we'll get into our questions. Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank certainly our players for their constant and consistent work and relentless effort to improve every day. That's all we really ask of them. They succeeded in that. Also, I'd like to thank the coaching staff for never blinking and for always putting the man first and then coaching the players second. Um, also, I'd love to give a shout out to Raider Nation uh, for their loud and never-ending support for our team. They heard you, and uh, they just, they heard you, and you need to understand that. Um, to have fans in Legion Stadium for the first time this season was an incredible experience, and in the future, I think this team will take great pride in playing at home and making an advantage to them. To play the Chargers with a blackout crowd was energizing for our players in that game, and I think it showed, again, all the way to the end. Um, I'd like to finish by um, also thanking Mark Davis, uh, Mike Mayock, and the entire Raider organization for their on-time support throughout the entire season. It was much appreciated. No one ever wavered. Uh, I believe it's a privilege um, to coach and play for the Las Vegas Raiders and in the National Football League. And with that, I'll um, take any questions you may have. So there is interim head coach Rich Versace right there. That was his opening statement, uh, just thanking the organization, thanking Mike Mayock, thanking the players, thanking Raider Nation. I just thought that was a hell of an opening statement right there from interim head coach Rich Versace. Now, there was a story and there was pictures that were floating around Twitter and the Internet of Rich Versace writing individual letters to players on the team. And I thought that that was cool. But then at the same time, I wondered, well, why in the world are we in his hotel room taking pictures and putting them out on Twitter? So I had no idea how these pictures got out. So I really stopped myself from talking about it because I just kind of wanted to know what was going on, how they got here. I had so many questions that I didn't want to talk about it until I had answers. Well, he was asked in the media session about those letters and how they got out there and how that picture got out there. And here was his answer. I thought it was pretty good. Check it out. First of all, the, the handwritten letters, the, the way that got out is, you know, my daughter and I were um, in the hotel room. It was really early in the morning and, and um, I was in the process of finishing up some of the letters that I had started during the course of the week. And, and uh, um, she thought that obviously was a pretty neat deal. And, and she put it on her personal Facebook and, and um, you know, which we had a conversation about after. And uh, somehow it gets carried to someone and someone carries it to someone else. And next thing you know, now we're, we're having a conversation about it. So um, it's my oldest daughter. I, I love her dearly. She is a teacher. She's been a coach. Um, and I would rather have not, not that gotten put out that way. But um, it did. And, and yes, it's something I've done. You can go all the way back to my college days. Um, I've written different things, put it in guys' lockers. Or um, maybe it goes all the way back to my recruiting type deals. So that was just a... Um, I usually text players a lot during the course of the week, different things. Um, and uh, so this was just an opportunity for me to hit all the, the players that particularly dressed in that game that um, where I didn't have to text every one of them individually. So I just went back to, to writing some letters throughout the week, finishing them up that morning, and that, that's how that, um, that picture got out there. And, and uh, so that was my, my daughter's sentiment of uh, how proud she was of her dad. And I'll take that every day, you know, to know that your kids feel that way about you. So at least that answer made me feel a lot better. Because, I mean, I really, I was feeling some kind of way about, wait a minute, who in the hell is in this dude's hotel room taking pictures of him writing a letter? Because the way that the pictures were, it was, you could tell someone was behind him, and it just bothered me. So I didn't know, okay, is this something that... 
he asked, and I knew he didn't because the way that he always talks and the way he never tries to make it about himself, I was just wondering, like, how in the world did this even come about? But to find out that his daughter put it on her personal Facebook page and, well, it just went from there, that makes all the sense in the world. <laughs> that makes all the sense in the world. Anything that you put out there could get put somewhere else. And so uh, it was funny to hear him say that we had a conversation about that. He wishes that that hadn't got out there because, again, from what I know of Rich Versace, he is a guy that does not ever want to make it about him but still thought that that was a cool gesture to be able to write these handwritten letters to the players on the team and just kind of shows you the person he is but man I was so confused when I saw that picture on Twitter and wondered how in the world did it get there and of course the the biggest question that he was asked in Monday's media session was just about the hiring process has he talked to Mark Davis does he plan on talking to Mark Davis again does he have any idea what his future holds um, Mark and I have, have had some conversations uh, there's due process he has to interview um, some other candidates, as I, I, I well know. Um, I'm very respectful of the process, um, what it's supposed to look like and how it's supposed to work. And uh, I think we'll be in con constant conversation and we'll certainly talk again before the week is over. So there was not too much, not too little, just straightforward. Hey, we've been in conversations and I expect to be in more conversations. And that's really what it is. And that was before Mike Mayock was let go. So again, Mike Mayock was the biggest supporter of Rich Versace. I don't know if that means that he's a done deal as far as the head coaching goes. Uh, I've told you how I felt about my, my gut feeling on the situation for a very long time, but it's not about what my gut tells me. It's about what Mark Davis decides to do. And this is a huge decision and he's got a lot of big decisions to make. He already made one on the GM position. Now what about the head coach? What about the quarterback? What about some of the players on the roster? All that's going to be stuff that Mark Davis is going to have to answer and we'll talk more about it coming up in segment number two. Uh, my final little nugget I had or little news that I had for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, the Raiders did announce the signing of 12 players to reserve future contracts on Monday and 11 of the 12 signees actually finished the season on the Raiders practice squad. So I'll go through it really quickly. Jordan Brown, the safety out of South Dakota State, he was signed. Lester Cotton Sr., the guard out of Alabama, he was signed. Kayvon Frazier, defensive back, six-year veteran out of Central Michigan, he was signed. Uh, offensive lineman Heronis Grasso out of Oregon, he's a six-year vet, he was signed. Gary Green, the defensive end, one-year guy out of Mississippi State. Brett Heggie, a center out of Florida. He's a rookie. P.J. Johnson, a defensive lineman, one year out of Arizona. Uh, Justin March Lillard, the linebacker out of Akron, seven years in the league. He was signed. Jeremiah Patasi, offensive lineman, three years out of Utah. Trey Regis, the running back uh, out of Louisiana. We remember him from the preseason. Dylan Stoner, the wide receiver out of Oklahoma State. And D.J. Turner, the wide receiver out of Pittsburgh. All those guys were signed to reserve future contracts by the Raiders on Monday. And so you're going to see a lot of these kind of signings. Doesn't mean that they're going to be on the team in 2022. Doesn't mean anything. But right now, you're able to expand your roster. You're able to get these reserve future contract guys under contract so you can have them prepared for the offseason and prepared for the offseason workout program. So, of course, free agency is going to be coming up. The draft's going to be coming up. These guys are locked in as of right now. Doesn't mean that one could be released or can't be released tomorrow. They can. But as of right now, those are the 12 players that were signed to reserve future contracts. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number two, we're going to talk about the fact that the Raiders let GM Mike Mayock go as of Monday. What does that mean? Where are some of the directions that they could possibly be going? And if I think that that was a good decision and the order of operations that they're going through, we'll talk all about that coming up 
in segment number two. Before we get to that, though, I do want to tell you about betonline.ag. And the NFL playoffs is the best time to get your gamble on. I mean, it really is. Now, there's a lot of sports that you can get your bet on with. Basketball, college and pro, hockey, boxing, UFC, all that. But I'll tell you what. NFL playoffs and the Super Bowl are the best time of year to get your gamble on. So you can check out the the website on your laptop or your mobile device. Again, it's betonline.ag. You sign up today, you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you got to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON to get started and get that welcome bonus. Betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and it's where the game starts. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to talk about the fact that the Raiders let go of GM Mike Mayock. That was the decision that Mark Davis and the franchise made on Monday, and that was one of those questions that I didn't know. I didn't know the answer. I said I wasn't going to come on here and speculate. Uh, I thought that maybe they would give him an extra year just to show what he can do without John Gruden, but they decided to go ahead and move on moving forward, and that's the decision that they made. Again, as I mentioned in segment number one, they put out a statement saying we relieve Mike Mayock of his duties as general manager of the Raiders. We thank Mike for his contributions over the last three years and helping to form the foundation for the franchise to build upon in its future. So the next question is, okay, so who's next? And of course, we don't know. We know that the Raiders have put in uh, a request for GM Dave Ziegler or the de facto GM Dave Ziegler from the Patriots. He's like a player personnel guy. And also a name that's pretty intriguing, Colts executive Ed Dodds. Now, Ed Dodds has been around the league for quite a while uh, with the Seahawks from 2007 to 2016. And in 2007, he was a pro personnel scout. Then he was moved up to a college scout. Then he was a national scout. And then a senior personnel executive, all with the Seahawks. And then in 2017, he went to the Colts as vice president of player personnel personnel and current present day assistant GM for the Indianapolis Colts. But the cherry on top when it comes to Dodds, he was a pro personnel intern with the Raiders from 2003 to 2006. And so you're probably saying, well, what do you mean? Why is it the cherry on top? Because you know the Raiders have a tendency to like to go with guys that have ties to the organization. So uh, Ed Dodds, he checks that box. I'm not saying that that's what they need to do or they should do. I'm just saying that that is one of the things that they've been known to do, and that is a box that he checks. He also, just a side note, was there with the organization when Jim Harbaugh was the quarterback coach. So if you're trying to put two and two together, again, I'm not saying they're coming as a package deal. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just trying to give you as much information as possible. From 2003 to 2006, uh, he was in the personnel department under Al Davis as an intern, and Jim Harbaugh was the Raiders quarterback coach at the time. So if you're trying to find uh, more ties than not, you can find some right there with Ed Dodds. And again, that doesn't mean that that's who they're going to go after at all. That They could just be going through every single person that they think is qualified for the job. And that's honestly what I think they should do. But of course, they have to do it with a sense of urgency because there's other teams out there that are looking for GMs right now and they're trying to make as many decisions quick, fast, and in a hurry. And of course, they've got to make these decisions quick, fast, and in a hurry because they have free agency coming up. They have the draft coming up. They've got to decide what guys are building blocks that they can uh, work with and, and keep around the organization. Hell, they got to make a decision on the quarterback. Are they going to keep Derek Carr around? You know, he's got one year left on his contract, but he also has no money left on his contract as far as guaranteed money. So most likely that's not going to be something that his agents or him are going to want to go into another season with and kind of be a lame duck quarterback with no guaranteed money. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So there's a lot of decisions that have to be made. Now, 
I've seen a lot of Raider Nation sit there and say that, hey, go after Lewis Riddick, you know, and I, I know, I get it. He's a guy that is a very popular name. He's a guy that's played in the league. He's a guy that has organizational ties with the, the Raiders. He's also done a little bit of scouting with multiple teams in the league, and of course, right now, he's on ESPN. So right now, most people know Lewis Riddick, not from his playing days, not from his scouting days, but because he's on ESPN. And I'll just caution you that, hey, look, the Raiders have already been down that road before when they went with Mike Mayock, and Mike Mayock was a high name because of who he was. He was a draft guru on TV and everyone thought that Mike Mayock was the end-all be-all. I was excited by the hire of Mike Mayock. Let's not get it twisted. I was excited by it. I still think that he had a lot of potential. Uh, I liked his intensity. I mean, you want to talk about a guy that was into the team, into the game, really wanted to see them succeed. You know, this guy back at Thanksgiving was sitting behind me in Dallas at at Jerry's World uh, when I was at the Cowboys game. He was sitting behind me and he was so intense and so into this game. And that was late November. That was a time where he probably realized, like, hey, you know what? At the end of the season, I probably won't be around anymore. But he didn't just say, oh, well, the hell with it. Let's pack it in. Don't worry about it. This dude was fighting. He was clawing. He was trying to prove that he was the guy, and he wanted nothing more than the success of the team. So I don't hold nothing against Mike Mayock. It just didn't shake out. Sometimes you're guilty by association. And again, I think that him and Gruden, they kind of are a a, a tag team. They're a a group effort, you know? And so when one's down, the other one goes as well. So uh, again, I mean, I don't wish him anything but the best I think he did a good job given the circumstances and I hope that whatever he decides to do moving forward if it's back to TV or if it's a GM position somewhere else he has a ton of success so of course like I said the Raiders they got to make their decisions they got to figure out what they're going to do but Mark Davis is clearly wiping the slate clean and trying to get a guy that's been there done that and has a track record of a really good personnel guy and I think that that's important That is huge. They have to have a track record, in my opinion, of being a really good quality personnel guy. So when I see guys that are coming from the Seahawks organization or the Colts organization, or if I see a guy come from the Baltimore Ravens organization, that will excite me because those organizations normally do things really well as far as drafting guys. Now, the Patriots, they don't really draft well as far as the whole scheme of the league goes, but they draft really well for what they want to do. They get guys in there that they need and they think fits what they're trying to do and they make it work. You know, so that's, again, part of their scheme and they're a little bit different than other teams in the league. And of course, Bill Belichick has the end all uh, be all say, but still coming out of that Patriots organization, you know, they have a certain walk to themselves. They have a certain way of doing things, not necessarily saying it works for every team, but it definitely works for them. But I I do want to see someone that has some kind of pedigree. To take it a step further, I had Mike Sando on my radio show on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920 on Monday, and he had put out a piece on The Athletic. Matter of fact, he put it out, I think, around January 11th, talking about a bunch of different candidates that could be GMs across the league. And this was before the Raiders even had an open GM spot. And it was so funny because I had him on to talk about potential head coaches. And all of a sudden, that's when the news broke during the middle of my show that Mike Mayock was out. So I asked him about the GM position and all those names that he threw out there that are really good candidates that he thought were really good candidates in the piece that he put out on The Athletic. Who does he think would be a good fit for the Raiders? Check this out. It's very hard to know because it's not just about picking players or personnel. It's really your ability to to lead uh, an entire diverse building and, and you know you know bring together a lot of different people. And it's very hard to know if the pro scouting director can do that isn't it i mean these are jobs where these are jobs where that's why you've seen some pieces even saying maybe you look outside the industry and find different types of leaders i do think in general it's probably good to start looking at people that have been 
at organizations that you'd consider healthy. So I saw uh, somebody reported that they may look at Ed Dodds, who's been with both Seattle and both, and Indianapolis. Yeah. If you like the way those two places have been run, very collaborative between the head coach and the GM in both of those places, like extremely collaborative. They're, they're very friendly and work well together, and, and no one's out there trying to take the credit. I mean, that's a pretty good example um, to have – you know, to, to have learned from. So beyond that, I mean, some of the first-time candidates, we know what the names are, but how, how would you really know, um, you know, what type of a leader they're, they're going to make? I think that's very difficult. It takes a lot of research, and that's why when I put together my list, I kind of look at who has interviewed more than me just saying it's these three guys or those three guys. I think the teams really have to look into them. I'll go through some of these names I got that have interviewed or are going to interview for some of these teams. So Adam Peters is in San Francisco. Been there a while. He's had a few reps at this. Uh, Brandon Brown is young from Minnesota, from uh, not from Minnesota, from Philly. He's going to interview with Minnesota tomorrow. Has been with the Eagles, so you're going to have you know somebody with the mix of personnel. They've been pretty analytics friendly there too. That could be somebody to look at. Champ Kelly's been in the division. He's with. Chicago now, but was with Denver, really knows the lay of the land in the AFC West. I think that's somebody who's interviewed you would look at. I mentioned I mentioned Ed Dodds. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of a sleeper candidate. Uh, Jeff Ireland has been a GM before and has been with the Saints. And kind of when he went there, they, they had started to have some better drafts. They had that great Alvin Kamara 2017 draft. That might be worth looking into and someone who's done it before. A lot of times... GMs get one shot, and they don't cycle back through the way coaches do. That would be somebody. JoJo Wooden's been in the division there uh, with the Chargers, and he's getting a little bit of play. I think with with the uh, with, with the Bears, he had interviewed. Uh, Morocco Brown has been with the Colts along with Ed Dodd. So uh, Omar Khan been with the Steelers, good organization. Those are some people that. We've kind of heard their names. I think you might want to investigate. Just had to share that answer with you because I thought that that was such a great detailed answer. He rolled out plenty of names right there and just let you know that there's plenty of guys that are qualified. It doesn't have to be guys that we know on the top of our head as, oh, yeah, okay, that's the next guy. This is the next guy. The Raiders have to get this right. I mean, this is the biggest thing. I think that hiring the GM first and then making a decision on the coach is the next best thing and then making a decision on the quarterback. I think that that's the right order of operations. Some people don't agree with me, and that's fine. Uh, this is not one of those things where I'm the end-all, be-all. But just from my preference and my liking, I think that this is the right way to go. Don't bring in a head coach or don't hire a head coach and then say, okay, well, this is going to be your GM or go and get a GM. I really don't prefer the head coach to be more powerful than the GM. I think it should be, uh, you know, the, the process should be working its way down. Get the GM, the GM and the owner come together, work out the idea on who the head coach is going to be. If you're going to stick with Basaccia, stick with Basaccia. If you're going to roll with someone else, roll with someone else, but all be in agreement, you know, so everyone has ties to the next hire if there is a next hire and then move forward from there. I just think that that makes for everyone to be a lot more comfortable. When Gruden got hired, McKenzie was in place. Obviously, that didn't work. After one year, McKenzie was gone. Then Gruden hired Mayock and then Gruden resigned, and now Mayock is gone. So I just think that the order of operations need to be better. I don't think that the Raiders need to marry themselves to someone who has ties with the organization. I know that's what they've always done, but that's not necessarily what has to be done. They've just got to get this higher right. If they don't, it could potentially set the Raiders back four or five years, if not more. 
I mean, the Raiders absolutely blew it. I think we can all come to agreement and understand that when they had all the draft capital from the Khalil Mack, Amari Cooper trades, they absolutely blew it. They have three guys that need to get their fifth-year option or are going to have to make a decision on their fifth-year option this offseason, and I would not be shocked if none of them get it up, picked up. And the only one, in my opinion, that's even under consideration is Josh Jacobs. You know, the 2020 draft where they have multiple first-round picks, they're gone. Obviously, Ruggs is gone due to tragedy, and Arnett's gone because he's a knucklehead. I mean, it just there's way too many misses, and that's ultimately why Mike Mayock is out. Yeah, there's a couple late-round picks like a Hunter Renfro, like a, a Max Crosby. Those are great picks, no doubt about it. You know, picking up Daniel Carlson uh, after the Vikings let him go, that was a good pickup. You know, John Gruden picked up Colton Miller. That was his first draft. That worked out really well. But ultimately, man, if you go back and look at all the drafts and you look at all the free agency, it just didn't work out. Trades were made, didn't work out. Denzel Perriman was a good pickup. That was a good trade that that happened, you know, but there was just too many misses. Whoever's going to be the next guy has got to come in and got to kick backside. He's got to kick tail, no doubt about it. He's got to make this organization thrive. They've got to be able to build depth through the draft. They've got to be able to get free agency uh, guys in there to fill holes, and they've got to continue to move forward and build. This is not a rebuild, in my opinion. I know a lot of people are scared. Oh, it's going to be a rebuild again. We've been going through rebuilds. This is not a rebuild, in my opinion. This is a reload, retool, you know, do some fine-tuning. It should not have to be a rebuild. They have enough weapons there to have a, a quality team on the field in 2022. If they break it all the way down to the nuts and bolts and do a rebuild, they've messed up. They've screwed up, and they've set the organization back. They cannot do this. That's why I think that they go in and they get a head coach with some skins on the wall. They find a GM with some skins on the wall and they move forward like the pieces that they have and then build on the pieces that they have. That's just my opinion. Not saying that that's how it's going to shake out, but everything is moving quick, fast, and in a hurry. I'm sure we're going to continue to hear some news uh, today throughout the course of the day. Depending on what time you're listening to this, we already may have some breaking news. But uh, this conversation and this topic is going to go quick fast and in a hurry, I do believe. What are your thoughts? Well, segment number three, your calls and texts are coming up next. 707-654-4693. Before I get to any of that, though, I do want to talk about TurboTax. And people think that unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes. But for TurboTax Live experts, that's what makes things interesting. If you've inherited a condo and are renting it out, or maybe you're getting paid in crypto and aren't really sure how it's taxed, don't worry. TurboTax Live experts, they got you. Interesting life can mean an even greater refund. Luckily, TurboTax Live can match you with the right expert who has experience in your unique situation and can answer all your tax questions right from your phone or computer. They can even take care of the whole filing process for you. It doesn't matter if you launch your own startup or you're working multiple jobs and juggling multiple incomes. Experienced TurboTax Live experts can help you during the entire filing process and doing your taxes for you from start to finish to get you the tax deductions that you deserve. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing. They've got your taxes. Intuit TurboTax Live. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. It's segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with Brother Marquise at a 305 rep Miami one time. He's called to talk about the season and, of course, shifts the convo to the coaching staff. Here he is, Brother Marquise at a 305. Hey, Raider Nation. You Brother Marquise, give me a call. Raider season is over. And uh, it was a fun season, man. That was had its ups, had its downs, 
you know, and uh, it was it was it was a roller coaster to say the least. But you know what? Before this this sport is entertainment, and in the words of Maximus Decimus Iridius, are you not entertained? So, hats off to those guys for making it entertaining. Hats off to those guys for fighting the way they did and uh, making this a hell of a season for all of us. Now, to the core of this conversation is about my man, Richie D. Hats off to him and the whole coaching staff. They did an admirable job. They did a hell of a job. And that cannot be ignored. However, doesn't necessarily mean he, they should give him the job either. Um, and I, I, I'm pulling for him just because of the story. But at the same time, it doesn't mean he's our guy. You know, you got a lot of guys, you know, coming out and saying and pulling for him and, and, and support of him vocally and publicly by Carr and Crosby and things like that. And, and while that's nice, you know, players, you know, I liken them to, to, to children within the family, you know, and, ki- and kids, and just like kids, players don't always know what's good for them, you know. Just because your kid's telling you, hey, you know, I, I'm pounding the table because I really want candy for dinner doesn't mean you should give it to them, you know. And the same thing goes for the players. I remember when they were all pounding the table for Joe Bugle, and we know how that turned out. So I'm not saying that it shouldn't be Ricky B because in my heart I'm, I'm kind of pulling for him. But I will tell you this, it will be extremely difficult to replicate the emotion and the, and the locker room that they had now. You'll never have that same locker room. And if this, if this team was driven by the emotion and closeness and things like that that propelled them to the heights that they went to this year, you can't replicate that. You got to just coach, and so I, you know, I don't know if he's good enough to do that. Start from ground zero and build his own program, his own culture, and all that kind of stuff. You know, um, I'm not saying he's not, but I will tell you this: the players on the table for him should not be the should not be the deciding factor. Maybe a factor, but not the deciding one. Brother Marquise out. There he goes, Brother Marquise in the 305 rep Miami one time on that call. Definitely appreciate you, my man. And. Yeah, I think that uh, you bring up a lot of good points about Rich Basaccia, and I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think he's a really good dude. I think he did a really good job given the circumstances that he was dealt. Uh, doesn't mean that he's necessarily the right guy for the job moving forward. I think the Raiders need to find a foundational piece, a guy that they can build on for years to come, not just a one-year, two-year fixed guy. I personally think that they need to get a guy that's the long-term dude. Uh, again, you have great points about emotions in the locker room, and you're right. There's not going to be emotions in that locker room like that Ever again, you cannot duplicate it. Uh, it's impossible. You're absolutely right. So we already know what's going on uh, with the GM position. It's already shaken out. And uh, I mentioned it multiple times that Mike Mayock was the biggest supporter of Rich Basaccia. So to me, that's leaning towards that Basaccia is going to be out. But until it's official like a referee's whistle, I'm not going to say that. I'm just going to say what my gut feeling has said, which is what I've said the whole time for quite a while. Some people like it. Some people don't. Some people think I'm a hater of Basaccia. I'm not. I give him the utmost respect. I'm just not going to get caught up in the emotional wave i think that someone whoever makes this decision mark davis has to do it with a clear head and that's the approach i think he's trying to take thank you so much for that call i appreciate you next up is a text from jason in idaho hey q jason from idaho i'm down but not going to say anything bad 
Proud of the team and what they accomplished this year, especially with all that happened. I think we have a young, promising team learning how to win. I personally think we've turned a corner. Thank you to all the players. Keep your heads up and let's come back stronger. Q, let's keep this going all offseason. I'll be here daily as I've been from the start. To Raider Nation, stand together. I believe we come out on the other side. Super Bowl champions once again, Jason in Idaho. Uh, good stuff, my man. And, yeah, we're going to be here all offseason long. It's not going to be a boring offseason. It's going to be a lot of fireworks going on, a lot of excitement. Uh, there's going to be a lot of changes. And, uh, you know, this team, I, like I said before, I don't think that they need to rebuild. I think they need to reload, retool, refine, everything re-but-build. You know what I mean? They have, like you mentioned, enough young pieces to build on. All they've got to do is continue to grind it out. So thank you so much for that text. I appreciate you. Thank you for supporting the show. Next up, got a call from Raider Ed in the 818. He's calling to talk about the season coming to an end and shifting the culture and a little bit more. Here he is, Raider Ed in the 818. Hey, what's up, Q? It's Raider Ed out of 818. Just wanted to give you a call. As the season ends, I'm on the same side as uh, most of Raider Nation. I am proud of what we did and uh, – the fact that we were overcome, all the things we overcame, is something that, uh, as a Raider, long-time Raider fan, um, it's good to get a taste of it. I think Basaccia, I hope he's right that they uh, they shifted the culture in there and they saw that even with all the adversity, the playoffs are, are definitely doable and then we just keep taking steps forward. So um, that, to me, we had a successful season. We would have liked to have won a winnable game in the playoffs but we had a successful season. Well, the main point that I wanted to call about, man, is congratulations to you and the end of your season, or at least the regular season in the playoffs, uh, with your first season there working in your new, in your new, uh, job. Uh, man, I don't know if you know this. I might have mentioned it before, but, uh, I used to listen to Locked On when, uh, they had the other dude on. I don't even know his name, but I used to listen to it back then. And, uh, I started, when you got on, I've been listening to you, uh, ever since. And uh, the way that you have uh, basically uh, managed your journey to where you are now, it's an inspiration, man. It is something that uh, I personally, as a Raider fan, am, am always happy that uh, good people succeed. And uh, you've definitely uh, earned the spot that you're in. And a uh, funny thing, uh, you mentioned that you got to do the post-game show. Man, I've always considered you this generation, new JT to brick, and I hope you, you get all those accolades and, and that longevity in your spot um, because you really deserve it and you really uh, are the voice of Raider Nation as far as I'm concerned. So, man, congratulations on your first season uh, and many more to come because I uh, definitely want to hear you uh, as we make our way to the Super Bowl, and we will. I, I guarantee it. So, all right, man. Take care of yourself, Raider Nation. Hey, we had a good season. Let's be positive moving forward. There's going to be a lot of changes, but we're going to do good. All right, everybody, have a great rest of the uh, off season. All right, see you later. Bye. There he goes. That's Raider Ed in the 818. Thank you so much for the compliments on the show. Appreciate the support. And I'll tell you right now, man, every day that I live this out, I'm just living the dream. I really am. When people say oh, I'm living the dream, usually they're being sarcastic when they don't want to go to work. But I literally am living my dream out each and every day. Uh, and all I got to do is just really uh, appreciate each and every moment and, and be blessed that uh, I'm here uh, because everyone doesn't get the opportunity to do what I'm doing. As far as the season, man, it was good. It could have been better. We all know that. Raiders could have easily won that game on Saturday against the Bengals and been preparing for the Tennessee Titans this week but it wasn't to be season comes to an end uh, there's a lot of things to like there's a lot of things that they can build on uh, and we'll have to see what they do you know and of course the first domino that fell was GM Mike Mayock 
We'll see who they bring in, who the next guy up is, and how they go about approaching it during this offseason and how things actually shake out. So uh, very interesting conversations that we'll be having in the next few days. So thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Next up, got a text from No Limit Raider out to the 760. What's up, Q? It's your boy, No Limit Raider, out the 760. This is my first time messaging, and I want to start off by saying what a ride it was. A great season, very entertaining in my opinion, but I also wanted to ask you a couple things going into the offseason. Do you think that if the Raiders had a really good number one receiver, we would have won that game? Also, what are your thoughts on Devontae Adams' rumors? Anyway, thanks for all the work that you do for the nation. We appreciate it. Your boy, No Limit Raider, out the 760, and thank you for the text. Welcome to the show, my man. I do appreciate it, and I'll say this. I don't know if a number one wide receiver would have won that game on Saturday, but I do think that that's an area of need for the Raiders, not a desire of need. A number one wide receiver, if it's Devontae Adams, it's Devontae Adams. If it's someone else, it's someone else. But I do think that they need a big time number one wide receiver. I know Darren Waller's a big time target. I know Hunter Renfro obviously works his magic all the time, but they need a number one. Zay Jones is a good compliment, but he's not a number one. Brian Edwards has not been able to step up. Matter of fact, he regressed after Henry Ruggs uh, was let go of the team. So, I mean, yeah, they, they're in need of a big time wide receiver. I don't know where they're going to get it from. That's going to be up to the GM and the head coach, whoever that is, uh, and they're going to have to go into the offseason and figure it out. Devontae Adams, in my opinion, I don't think he's going to get out of Green Bay. I think that that team would be foolish. I don't even think Aaron Rodgers is leaving Green Bay. I know that there's a lot of speculation that he is. I think that if he knows what's best for him, and that is winning and trying to have an opportunity to win championships, he's going to stay right there in Green Bay. Now, he might not. that might not be his desire, but I think that that's the best idea. And if he ain't going nowhere, Devontae Adams isn't going anywhere. And even if he does go somewhere, if I'm Green Bay, I wouldn't let him go. I'd franchise him to make sure he doesn't go because he's too stinking important. But that's just me. I'm not a GM, I'm not a head coach, I'm not a personnel guy, I'm just a radio guy and a podcaster, (laughs) you know, that's living my best life. That's all I know. So we'll see how it all shakes out, but that's just my gut feeling. But to answer your question simply, yes, the Raiders need a true number one wide receiver. Thank you so much for that text. We'll wrap things up with a call from Sean in Salt Lake City. He's calling to talk about Derek Carr and the fact that a lot of folks want to move on from him and others are nervous because they don't know what they're going to end up with or who they're going to end up with and don't want to take a step back. Here he is, Sean in Salt Lake City. Thank you. Hey, Raider Nation. It's Sean from Salt Lake City. And sorry to call twice, um, but I was just streaming uh, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio on my own from work. And I just kind of, what I understand is how when everyone says, well, we want to, if people want to move on from Carr, I'm kind of good either way. I'm kind of on the fence that if Derek Carr brings up Devontae Adams, then by all means, sign to give Derek Carr all the money he wants because I want Devontae Adams. But, Realistically speaking, there's a lot of people out there that don't want them, and then the people that are like hardcore car fans are like, well, who can we get better? It's like, you, you just, you're, you're satisfied, you're happy. I mean, I think about my career and my job. I mean, I'm sitting here as a, as a foreman in my job working my way up, and I, I can see that there's not much left here for me to grow up into. There's more opportunities out there, and do I just sit and be comfortable, or do I, get uncomfortable and go out and move. I mean, Q, like you, you, were you just comfortable in Texas or did you, or did you work your way up in an uncomfortable situation and look where you're at now? I mean, yeah, we don't know if like a Matt Carroll or a Kenny Pickett is going to be any good, but how in the hell are we supposed to know that? Just because um, Mr. Uh, what's freaking face, Mel Kuyper Jr. tells you that they're not? I mean, he also told you Marcus Russell's going to be good, right? Remember when everyone said Johnny Manziel's going to be good? Now look at him. So these so-called experts sometimes don't know everything. So, for us, for Raider fans, just there and say, oh, well, what else are we going to get? I mean, go out and try at least. 
mean, I'm not calling for his head, but also I'm not going to just sit back and say that he's the only thing good we can get right now. I don't know. I mean, I'm damn proud of this team. I'm proud to be a Raiders fan, but I'm also hungry. And I think it's, I think you can be on both sides of that fence by being proud of how the season went, happy with how the season went, but also want more. I mean, I've been a Raiders fan for the better part of 20 years, and I want a freaking Lombardi. Simple as that. I'm raising kids to be Raiders fans. I'm raising, I'm hanging out with my brother being a Raiders fan. It's something we want Super Bowls. That's what we want. No matter how it takes to get there, that's what I want. There you go. Sean from Salt Lake City, and you bring up some good points, man. Thank you for the call. Appreciate you. Really hit it out the park. If you want to move on from Carr, and I'm not saying that you should, but if you want to, you really don't know who you're going to get. You know, unless you go and get a guy who you think is going to be a, a Hall of Famer like an Aaron Rodgers or someone like that or a Russell Wilson, then you feel pretty good about who you're going to get. But if you go and draft someone like the Chiefs did with Mahomes or Herbert with the Chargers or even Tua with the Dolphins, you don't know what you're going to get. It worked out really well for the Chiefs, obviously. It's working out really well for the Chargers, obviously. But the Dolphins, not so much. The Bears, when they went and got Trubisky, not so much. I mean, there's there's give and takes, man. There's good and bad. There's some guys that look good on paper. Like my grandmother said, just because it looks good and feels good don't mean it is good. You know what I mean? So uh, there's a lot of risk and reward. But for everyone who's pounding the table and saying that they want to move on from Carr, and if that's the decision that the organization wants to go in, whoever the new GM is and whoever the new coach is, if it's a new coach, in fact, then that's the decision that they made, and they got to live with that decision. Uh, and, and, you know, a lot of people will question it until it's either proven to be right or it's proven to be wrong. But if uh, you're in the mindset that you're tired of car and you're ready to move on, then just go. Just break and be comfortable with it. You know, whatever happens, happens. Don't, you know, second-guess yourself and yeah, but, yeah, but. Yeah. No. If you want to go, like Sean and Salt Lake City did, if you want him to move on, then let him move on. Let the Raiders go out there. He has a very comfortable uh, contract. Plenty of teams will be out there, want to trade for him. They'll give up a king's ransom for him. And if you think that you have the right guy in place that can go and make things happen in the draft and get the guys that you want, great. I'll tell you this. I know that this draft is not supposed to be a very quarterback-friendly draft, so this might not be the one that you want to do that in. So that's also something that you got to think about before you make decisions. There's a lot that go into this decision. This could be a a big-time move for the organization, either good or bad. You don't want it to be on the bad side. You obviously want it to be on the good side. But again, uh, whoever's in that position to make that decision has got to make that call and be comfortable with it one way or the other. Yeah, buts is not going to get it done. Sean, thank you for that call. I do appreciate you. Good stuff as always. And that's going to do it for today's show. Raider Nation, as I mentioned, this offseason is going to be very interesting. It's going to be so many things that shake out. We've already seen a little bit of news and notes. We're going to see a lot more moving forward. Trust and believe that. We'll be here every single day. It's what we do here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. That's what we do across the network. And I always want to thank you for making the Lockdown Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the show free and available on all platforms. So we'll be back tomorrow with more news and notes of the day, more calls and texts. Who knows what he'll shake out, but we'll uh, we'll talk about it all in great detail as we always do. So until then, Raider Nation, take care of yourself, take care of your family, and as always, just win, baby.